0: Good evening everyone. It's Wednesday night service. Yay! Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. It's always a pleasure. It's always an honor to be with you on a Wednesday night. I'm just so glad to be invited to your homes and in a way we are inviting you to ours. So uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much for staying um, on top of our YouTube channel. I've already seen some people waiting there before we actually got on, on live. So glory to the name of the Lord. I see already uh, Ruben Solar is getting on there. Eh, Gloria a Dios, hermano, God bless you. Uh, Pastor Ricky's watching as well, and I know that um, there are some of you that are getting ready to come on. Go ahead and start sharing this message even now. Those of you that are on Facebook, go ahead and start uh, a watch party. Start sharing it with your family and friends. Start texting them real quick before we actually begin to get into the message because I don't want you to miss out on anything tonight. So right now, take a moment. If you are on YouTube, go ahead and click on the copy uh, and paste um, link and start sharing it with your friends and then do the same in Facebook. You could actually start a watch party and then that way more people start to Come in and and uh, and actually watch the message, which is kind of a cool thing that Facebook has. Uh, but if you don't want to just do a watch party, you just want to continue watching it here. You can always just uh, you know message your friends or tell or just share it. You know, share it from your Facebook page and just let them know that that you're on. So I'm already seeing some of you on. Risa Schubert is on. God bless you, Risa. Thank you for always joining us. Uh, This is your church family and we just love on you guys Uh, share 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 this message. I want to um, always, as, as we always say, we thank you for inviting us into your home. We thank you for uh, listening in to what the Spirit of God is saying uh, during this se- season, during this time. Amen? I'd love to hear back some feedback from those of you that are watching on YouTube. I'd love to see who all's on uh, there. I see ladies. God bless you. Thank you for joining us, Bladies, this evening. And whoever else is watching there on YouTube, we can see the comments coming through. And so we we. Bless you, and we thank you so much. Um, appreciate the feedback, and appreciate also the shares. Um, but uh, I, you know we. We're so blessed because, um, as you all know, our church is open. We actually are, have been uh, having uh, church services on Sundays, and uh, we, we get together at 10 a.m., and uh, people are being really safe in our church. Everybody's wearing their masks, and we're trying to keep our um, social distancing uh, to a T. And, and it's been a blessing. It's been just a blessing. The messages have been just awesome. Uh, Pastor Ricky had such a powerful, powerful message. He's going to give a powerful, impacted message this coming Sunday. I don't want you to miss out on anything. Last weekend was a powerhouse message. If you didn't get a chance to watch last Sunday's message, I highly encourage you go to our YouTube channel, go to our Facebook page, go to our website at wordoffaithglobal.org. And right there, you can actually uh, see the messages there and hear them as well. Uh, but that was a really powerful message. Don't miss that. Um, the week before, Pastor Ricky Jr. actually came, and he gave a super power-packed message. And I'm telling you, it was it was a blessing. I mean, it ministered to so many people, it ministered to us in such a powerful, powerful way. Uh, so we glorify God in that. Uh, I, I'm seeing Brother Victor, thank you so much for joining us, brother. We're keeping you in our prayers. We love you so much. We love the Rivera family so much. Um, we I, I wanna I wanna uh uh, before we go in, I want to just thank every single one of you for uh, staying in touch with Word of Faith Global Ministries, especially during during this difficult time that we've been going through uh, with COVID and 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 the uh, you know being locked up in our homes and all of that. But you know, to the glory of God, um, uh, we've we've just been able to use these means and and to be in our church as well and to just spread the gospel of Jesus Christ with these powerful teachings and uh it, it's been a blessing it, we've just gotten inundated with messages just letting us know that these messages are really getting to the heart of people and we glorify the name of the lord jesus christ for that uh, there's nothing like uh just uh, getting before god's presence bringing a, a an on-time word for the body of christ and for those that are searching searching for truth and for them to find truth at word of faith global ministries Oh my goodness! That that to us is a an enormous blessing. Our ministers at Word of Faith Global Ministries just absolutely love to share the word and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we just thank you for supporting our ministry with your prayers. We covet your prayers. We appreciate them so so much. Keep your pastors in prayer. Keep our our leadership team in prayer. Our ministry uh, ministerial department uh, ministers and our leaders in prayer. We appreciate that like you have no idea. And uh, and we appreciate the fact that you all support us financially. Gosh, it's just, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be a blessing. It's a blessing to see how you all just pour out what God has blessed you with and how you just pour it out to all uh, other people and to and to this ministry and how this uh, this is actually being a tool that is used to bless others uh and that are watching these messages and and come to our church as well so thank you thank you thank you pastor and i love you and we thank you so much for sharing um uh, these messages and for keeping our ministry in prayer, for supporting us financially as well. You can do so at wordoffaithglobal.org. I see our director of uh, media, uh, Jennifer, already has put it up on. Facebook, and uh, you can probably see it then in a few minutes in in uh, YouTube as well. Wordoffaithglobal.org. It's super simple. You could just click on the giving tab, and uh, and you're off. And it's super super simple and safe. It's a Christian organization that we use only. Uh, for our giving program, so we thank you for for using that. Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I see you there. God bless you. God bless you. Um, I want to get right into this today uh, because I I have a a jam packed message. I always say that, but it's true. It's true because you know that's what ends up happening when you begin to search scriptures and you begin to um, uh, search. Uh, the meaning of of certain words and the definition of them and what it actually meant and what it means to us now and then the history, all of those things that are coupled with studying the the powerful word of God, uh, it, it, you, it it just you just can't um explain it in 5 minutes you know what i mean so we're going to actually go into a lot of things today and i'm going to try my best to be uh, to pace myself cuz a lot of you know that i just like to get into it and i just like to go 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 but i'm going to try my very best to pace myself so that you all can receive what god wants to show us today in the message on the seven churches in Revelation. Last week, we concluded the two-part study on the message to the church in Pergamum. If you recall, because of the fact that uh, the message for uh, the the message to the church in Pergamum was so deep and so full of information and history that I had to do it in two parts. So last week we concluded that second part. Uh, Again, I encourage you, if you have not listened to any of these messages as of yet, go back to YouTube, Facebook, and our and our website, and you can listen to them. We've already covered uh, the message to the church in Ephesus. We've covered the message to the church in Smyrna. We've covered the message to the church in Pergamum in two parts. And today, we will be examining the message to the church in Thyatira. Everybody repeat after me. Thyatira. We're going to go right into that today uh, from the book of Revelation. So if you've got your Bible, actually today I chose to read it from the New King James Version. I don't usually preach from the New King James Version, but today I'm going to just because of the some of the words that I'm going to... Um, uh, 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 get uh, reach from and then give you a little bit of defin- deeper definition so that we can get a better understanding. But I want you to go with me to the book of Revelation, chapter number two, and we're going to begin in verse 18 through uh 29 and before we actually begin to uh read i'm gonna pray real quick but before i pray real quick for those of you that just joined us i encourage you to start sharing this message and to start uh watch parties if you uh haven't started your watch party yet on facebook go ahead and do so and if you are on youtube go ahead and copy and share this link to your friends and family listen listen I don't want you to miss a thing tonight. I've said that in the past, but I'm going to say it again. If you're joining us this evening, don't allow yourself to get interrupted at all. So turn off the TV, turn off the radio, turn off the kids or the husbands or the wives. No, I'm just kidding. But just... Just get yourself in a a place where you can concentrate and lean in a little bit so that you can uh, fully understand the message that that the Holy Spirit is giving today, tonight. Uh, So again, share it, share it, share it, share it with your friends. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, our eyes to hear what the Spirit is saying to us today, Lord, as we learn more from your word, as we begin to dissect. Sect your word father lord we know that your holy spirit is going to begin to work through us and in us and lord we receive the manna we receive the meat we receive what you have for us this evening in the mighty and precious name of jesus that we may put it into practice in our lives and the church says amen and amen can i get some amens out there hallelujah Praise the name of the Lord. All right, Revelations chapter 2, beginning in verse 18. And again, I'm reading it from the New King James Version. So here we go. It says, And to to the angel of the church in Thyatira write. Once again, this is all in red lettering, which means this is a message directly from Jesus Christ. It says, These things, says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, look at verse 20. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. If you recall, we've been talking a little bit about the fact that Jesus commends all of these seven churches uh, uh, and 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 then uh, he gives them a warning. He gives them an opportunity to repent uh, in a warning that he gives. So let's go on in verse 20. It says, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Verse 22. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now, I know that those verses are very uh, difficult to read and and perhaps difficult to even swallow, but stay with me, hang with me, because we're going to go over those this evening. You'll be surprised. Then it says in verse 24, now to you, I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not the depth of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. Verse 29 ends by saying, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I want you to get a highlighter, I want you to get a pen, I want you to get your journal. I want you to pull out some paperwork because we're going to go through all of these verses tonight. Are you ready? Come on, give me a give me an amen. I'm ready. I mean, uh, start start messaging your your friends and saying, "Get ready. I'm ready. I'm ready." Hallelujah. Now, as we've done with all the other churches, by the way, we have only 3 churches left. After this, but uh, as we've done with all the other churches, we've actually gone into some history, and I love going into the history of these churches because it gives us such a deep understanding as to why Jesus is saying what he's saying, as to uh, uh, um, um, the the impact of the verbiage, the 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 verbiage that Jesus is 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 using is so impactful. So we have to not just read the scripture, but we also have to go back to history to find out exactly what is going on in the environment. What's going on in that culture? Just like, you know, if the Lord tarries years from now, people are going to want to know what went on in our culture in 2020, right? So it's kind of, I kind of sort of like that. I'm seeing Pastor uh, Pastor Marcia Castillo. Thank you, Pastor, for joining us tonight. God bless you. I'm so excited you're on tonight. Okay, so we're going to look at some of the history pertaining to Thyatira, this evening thyatira was actually built east of pergamum remember we talked about pergamum yes last week in two parts um and it was it was built east of pergamum as a protective shield a, a military defense to prevent any invasion into the city of pergamum uh its location is modern day turkey what we know is modern day turkey now uh but because pergamum was an illustrious prominent and very rich city, it was apparent that a fortified city be built for protection purposes. Thus, Thyatira was then built. And it became, actually, it became a very thriving commerce center as it centered, as it catered to the needs of the military. So uh, um, not only was it a a military outpost, but it it actually became a commerce center because they had to cater to the needs of all of the military that lived there. And, of course, you know, they they populated uh, the city, obviously. Excuse me. So... It became very thriving and because Thyatira was such a crucial city to stop invaders from getting to Pergamum a lot of money let me tell you a lot of money was invested by those with money in and power that lived in Pergamum into Thyatira they just poured that money into the building of Thyatira so again it was a military outpost as well as a commerce center and that's important for us to understand tonight um, like in Smyrna, uh, there were trade guilds. If you missed the message that I gave a few weeks back on on, uh, on Smyrna, you've got to go back to that and understand a little bit better about the trade guilds that occurred there. But uh, you, uh, you can go back to that message. I'm going to go over it just a little bit here. But these trade guilds, uh, guilds, G-U-I-L-D-S, trade guilds were likened to what unions are uh, for us today in a way in a way however it was a corrupt institution it was it was kind of like this buddy system and if you were a member uh you recall i said that back in the smyrna study but if you were a member you if you were a member of the trade guilds you were guaranteed a job you were guaranteed a job because you were Part of the buddy system, you were part of of the trade guilds. Now remember that these trade guilds consisted of enormous pagan practices. Uh, each day, the members of these trade guilds uh, par, uh, were required—they participated—they were required to worship the pagan god of their choice. In other words, you—you're a member. You can—you've got to worship a god of your choice. Each day they had to do this. And it, it, it brought on orgies. It brought on drunkenness. Uh, it brought on all, all sorts of uh, corruption and, and sexual immoral acts. So you, if you were part of this trade guild, these trade guilds, you were guaranteed a job. But these are the things that you had to practice while you were in these trade guilds. OK, imagine for a moment the Christians of the day in Thyatira choosing not to take part in these trade guilds in, 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 in this institution called the trade guilds ensured that they did not have a job. They were not guaranteed a job. They could not get a job to bring food to the table for their families. They they could not. Because these Christians that chose not to participate in these immoral practices, they, they could not get a job. Those that didn't participate in the guild and its practices were marked and unable to find further employment. They were blacklisted. So if they said, no, I I cannot take part of these trade guilds, they were blacklisted. If they tried to go elsewhere for a job, they were blacklisted. They were not hired because they knew that this person was a Christian and they would not get hired. Okay? So this is important to understand as we look further uh, into the message given by Jesus to the church in Thyatira. as as with all of the churches in Asia Minor, Thyatira was saturated, saturated with occult practices. This was the same for all of the other churches. We, We talked about Ephesus, we talked about Smyrna, we talked about Pergamum. They were all saturated with these occult practices. So let's go ahead and begin to review the verses we just read out of the New King James Version from chapter 2 verses 18 through 29 first it's important for us to note the specific description this is what i want you to i want you to get a hold of this this evening it's the specific description the apostle john gives of jesus in verse 18 that we talked about a moment ago which actually says the son of god who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like burnished bronze. And I, I want you to put on that thinking cap. I want you to put on that imaginary uh, uh, thought process. Like I've always told my church family, is is uh, our church body that that I have this, you know, imagination where I picture things. I have to picture things in order for me to better understand it. So imagine Jesus, the son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like burnished bronze. We're going to go into that. So this is the same description that John gives in Revelation 1, uh, uh, chapter number 1, 14 through 15. We won't read it, but this is the same description he gives. Now, an absolutely in-depth uh, and marvelous, just absolutely marvelous description and explanation of Jesus' eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like burnished bronze is given by uh, Dr. Rick Renner. And I want you to cl- listen closely to this illustration as I bring it to you this evening. Again, just keep keep on with me tonight. Lean in because we've got a lot to cover. Lean in and listen to these words. And I'm going to quote this. This is, this is by... Uh, Rick Renner says the words his eyes in Greek carry a deep sense of wonder. They imply that there was something very unique and different about Jesus' eyes compared to everyone else's eyes. Jesus' eyes were matchless in comparison. Oh, to look into the eyes of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Although John had looked into Jesus' eyes countless times, nearly 60 years earlier during Christ's earthly ministry, something was now markedly different. Imagine this. Jesus' eyes were compelling, riveting, and magnetic, irresistibly drawing John closer and closer to him. Imagine this. This leads us to the words flame of fire. The word fire is the Greek word puris, which describes a blazing fire. The phrase flame of fire depicts a brightly burning fire with flames that are swirling, whirling, bending, twisting, turning, and arching upwards towards the sky. It is not describing the heat of fire, but the character of Of the fire. One more important aspect for us to understand is the purpose of fire. For fire. In scripture, fire was used to purify or destroy. The fact that Jesus was coming to the church of Thyatira with fire in his eyes, listen, indicates his desire to purify them of their impurities. I want you to listen closely. But if they refused to cooperate with his purification, that same fire would bring judgment upon them. It goes on to say, in addition, Jesus' eyes being like a flame of fire, the Bible says his feet were like fine brass or burnished brass in some translations. The phrase fine brass is the Greek word shalcolibano a compound word of the word shakos, meaning brass or bronze, and the word libanos, meaning frankincense. I want you to listen to this. This is so amazing. So again, the, the word uh, shakolibano, a compound word of the, of the word shakos, meaning brass or bronze, the description of what Jesus' feet look like, right? And the word libanos, meaning frankincense. In this verse... Brass and frankincense are pictured as alloys attempting to be mixed together. Brass or bronze, chalcos, always represents judgment. And frankincense, lebanos, represents prayer because it was the perfumed incense used by the high priest in the Holy of Holies when he made intercession for the people of Israel. (laughs) The Greek word chalkoblibano, translated in in this verse as fine brass, reveals that while Christ's feet were prepared to move toward judgment, they were drenched in, in intercessory prayer that repentance would occur before he arrived to apply judgment. Oh my gosh, I don't know about you, but that blows me away. I'm going to repeat that. I have to repeat that. Fine brass, oh my gosh, fine brass reveals that while Christ's feet were prepared to move toward judgment, they were drenched in intercessory prayer that repentance would occur before he arrived to apply judgment. Oh my God, is that not God's mercy, God's grace, God's goodness? Oh, I just get so excited reading this. So listen to this. Hallelujah. As Jesus moved toward the church of Thyatira, his eyes were deeply examining. I'm getting chills just just reading this and imagining this. As Jesus moved toward the church of Thyatira, his eyes were deeply examining all that was taking place inside the church. The fire in his eyes was meant to purify them. If only they would turn and repent of their sin. This is what he was praying would happen. That they would turn away from their sin. And then it says his judgment was coming, but it was bathed in prayer. Listen, people, it was bathed in prayer. There is something else about brass that is very important, and that is his weights. Listen to what this is. This is, this is a wow moment. The, 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 something interesting to understand about brass that's important is its weight. It carries weight. It's a heavy object. And this is what Jesus' feet look like. And look what he's trying to explain here. Brass is extremely heavy. Thus, when the Bible says that Jesus' feet are like brass, chalcos, it indicates that he is not moving very fast. Hallelujah in fact with feet of brass he is moving very slowly in other words jesus was not rushing to judgment against the believers in thyatira can somebody say amen to that hallelujah yes he was coming with divine correction but his judgment was very slow in coming and saturated in prayer hallelujah can i get an amen to that is that not a beautiful depiction and 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 i love that because i we can receive that for ourselves even now not just for the church in thyatira and then it says the same is true of jesus today he is not in a rush to judge anyone that is his last resort he gives people space to repent just as he did with Jezebel that we're going to talk about in just a minute. So stay with me. Who was contaminating the church of Thyatira? Jesus is praying for people to hear his voice and self-correct, to repent and turn from their path of sin and selfishness. He longs for them to change before he must deal sternly with them. And I end quote on that, but I've added some of my own my own thinking and my own perception on on, on this to, to add to some of what Rick Renner is saying this. But isn't this beautiful? Isn't this amazing for us to understand? And this is just, ladies and gentlemen, this is just verse 19. Uh, this is just examining verse 19. So we we get to find in this verse how Jesus is slow to judge. He he is he is moving towards uh, a judgment. He's moving towards uh, a, 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 telling us to repent of our sin. To repent of our way. We don't hear about repentance anymore. We don't. We don't. We don't. When when of you? When was the last time, honestly, that you can say that you heard a message on repentance? Sin of of turning away, turning up, making a a a complete turnaround from sin, from our wicked ways. When was the last time you, you heard a message of that about that? Well, we've been studying this throughout all of the churches here in Revelation. And so Jesus is not just telling the church, the seven churches in the book of revelation back then he's telling the churches and he's telling his people this day and age as well. We must repent. We must turn away from evil. We must turn away from compromising, which is what we've been talking about with all these churches. And we're going to talk about tonight as well. We must repent. We have to do an about face. We have to do a change in our minds. And we have to run to him because he is slow to judge, but judgment would come if you don't repent. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. Here we go. I'm excited for this message. Hallelujah! This is powerful. Would you agree with me this evening? So, would you? Do you see how important it is to study Scripture and the meaning of the deliberate descriptions given, like we just read in just one one verse? one verse. Actually, that was verse 18, not 19. That was verse 18. That was only verse 18, people. So we're going to take a look at verse 19. Are you still with me? And this is the part where if I'm at church and I've got an audience, I would hear, can you say amen? So can you say amen? Are you still with me? Hallelujah. (laughs) Now we're going to take a look at verse 19. It's almost as if we're doing an inductive Bible uh, study here. But I know your deeds, he says, and your love, and faith, and service, and perseverance, and that your deeds of late are greater than at first. This is from the NASB version, but in general, it's what we just read from the New King James Version. Now, there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of good things to report here. It's almost like a report card. Jesus is giving a good report card here in these, in this, and these. In this verse, uh, although believers uh, uh, faced a dark environment and culture, they continued preaching the gospel and advancing the kingdom of God, pushing back the forces of darkness through their works, their love, their faith, their service, and their perseverance. Five things. There were five things that were commended on. Five things. The number of grace, five things. They, It was their works. Jesus was was happy about their works. He says, good, you're doing good there. Their love, we must love one another. Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? We must love one another. Our faith, we've got to have faith. No matter what the circumstances, no, no matter what we see, no matter what we hear, no matter what comes at us, we've got to have faith. Service, their service. They were so they were they were they were so drenched in serving. They just loved the Lord so so much that they were serving and perseverance. So five things that Jesus says, "Good on you, good. You're doing so well." As a matter of fact, Jesus states that their deeds as of late are greater than at first, meaning they were doing much more for the kingdom of God than at the beginning of their ministry. You see, so when you have a ministry, you've got to keep going at it, keep going at it, and keep going at it. You can't just die down. You got to keep serving. You got to keep loving. You got to keep uh, your works. You got to keep with your perseverance. You got to keep serving uh, God, serving others. Hallelujah. So don't, don't um, ever think that Jesus doesn't take notice of the good you are doing of the people you're trying to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ for your love, for your compassion for your faith, for your service, when you serve at your church with excellence, can I get a hallelujah, for your perseverance even in times of difficulties you know we're always telling our church family, those that serve in different capacities we've got greeters, we've got ushers we've got our, um, our media uh, team, we, we've got our praise and worship team, we've got our ministerial team, we've got our our, our uh, uh, um, children's Word of Faith Children's Church uh, uh, teachers. We've got all of these individuals that serve, and we're always constantly just commending them, commending them just like Jesus said. But Jesus watches that. Jesus sees that. Remember, he is the one that is walking amongst the churches. He is the one that is watching every single little thing that is happening in our lives, every single thing, little thing that is happening in your life, every single little thing that's happening in your church, in your particular church. He's watching, he's seeing, he's knowing everything that is happening. He is examining everything with those eyes like a flame of fire and he's watching every single little thing. Don't you ever think that if you're behind closed doors that Jesus isn't watching. He's watching your every move. He knows your every thought. He knows everything about you. So you please God, amen? He sees and he knows it all. So yet again, we see how Jesus acknowledges, acknowledges that he knows everything that's going on and commends this church before bringing divine correction. However, in the midst of all the good taking place, here comes verse 20. Brothers and sisters, here comes verse 20. Verse 20 introduces a Stern correction for the tolerance of doctrinal error. Now listen to me. I want you to understand this. I want you to see what's going on here. We're going to take a look at verses 20 through 21. In the King James Version, it reads, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Let me take a deep breath before we go into this, because this is jam-packed with a lot of information, and I want you to get it. Those of you that that may have just joined in, do not, I repeat, do not exit this message. This message is for every single one of us. Listen closely. At this point, it's important to take a closer look at the Greek translation of some of these words to better understand the meaning. Some of these words that we just read in verses 20 and 21. I'm just going to go through three, okay? Are you with me? Say amen. Up close. There we go. First, that woman. That woman. That woman in the Greek is ten gunaika. The woman. It's the woman indicating. Are you listening? Are you listening? Indicating a woman of prominence. The two oldest manuscripts say your wife, your wife, or that woman of yours, giving the strong impression that this Jezebel that Jesus is talking about here in Thyatira was the wife of the pastor in Thyatira. How about them apples? Some scholars believe that she was most likely the pastor's wife. Remember, remember that Jesus in every single one of these churches and every single one of the message to these churches, Jesus is speaking to the head of the church the pastor of the church the overseer of the church it also it always says to the angel of the church remember we talked about that work that word from the very beginning uh, uh, and angelos, angelos and that wo- that word describes the pastor of the church jesus goes through the proper channels he goes directly to the pastor now listen <sighs> number 2 the word to seduce planeo it's deception a moral wandering. It depicts a person or nation that has veered from a solid path as a result of veering morally. That person or nation is adrift. It depicts a lost animal that cannot find its path to morally lose one's bearings. That's the word seduce, to seduce. And number three, to commit fornication. To commit fornication in the Greek is pornea. Pornea is where we get the term porn or pornography. Any type of sex with another person outside the bond of marriage. Hello? It includes sexual activity by non-married individuals. If you're living with your boyfriend, if you're living with your girlfriend, it includes this. I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth. I'm sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Hashtag. Uh, It's the truth. Anything outside of the bond of marriage is committing fornication. And it also includes both adultery and homosexuality. So those are those three words that I wanted to uh, extrapolate from so that we can understand it a little bit better. So the wife of the pastor in Thyatira was actually encouraging the believers to compromise and take part of the immoral acts of the pagan practices so that they could keep their jobs. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? She was, she was, she was teaching compromise in order for them to keep their jobs. Now, it isn't likely that her actual name was Jezebel, more like she was operating in the spirit of Jezebel. She was basically teaching the congregation to lower their standards, huh, not to be so strict, not to be so rigid in their convictions, to bend the rulesome that, that it was okay to participate in the practices of the trade guild in order to keep their jobs. So basically she was saying, you know, it's really not that bad. I mean, you all need to, you all need to bring food to the table. Uh, You, you need to feed your families. You know, it's okay. God knows. God sees your needs. It's going to be okay. You could, you could lower your standards. Some it's okay to practice at the guilds. It's okay to practice some immorality. It's okay to, you know, offer up a, a sacrifice to a pagan god. I know you really don't mean it, but it's okay to go ahead and, and, and do that. You know, she was teaching this way of compromise, which in the eyes of God is an abomination. She was a horrible example of what a pastor's wife or a teacher of the church should ever be. There now, don't don't get me wrong, there there are many amazing uh, women pastors. They're, I'm not saying that women pastors are doing this. I'm saying this one in particular in the church of Thyatira was practicing this and Jesus was coming to bring judgment upon those that were hearing this compromise uh, uh, doctrine and were under, and, and were taking part in this compromise doctrine. were are falling into that compromise doctrine Jesus was coming very, 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 very sternly to bring a correction here. Now, perhaps she was concerned with the tithes and offerings coming into the church. So she seduced members into compromising. And that, my friends, is a serious violation in the eyes of God. I'll tell you something. There are, there are some churches... I don't know if I should say this. Maybe some of you are out there going, go ahead, Pastor. There are some churches that compromise in that aspect. Don't want to ruffle feathers. Don't want to step on too many toes. They want to be a little bit politically correct so that they don't mess around too much or ruffle the audience or ruffle the congregation because we've got some big tithers. What if they get upset? What if they leave? What will happen with the tithes and the offerings? I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, right now, that is a way of compromise. That right there is an abomination in the eyes of God. And I'm telling you right now that Word of Faith Global Ministries will never take part in that. You can take that to the bank. I'm telling you right now, as I see Pastor Marcia and, and Pastor Eddie Castillo on this, Fuego, uh, Holy Spirit and Fire Church in Miami, I'm telling you they will never compromise. They will never compromise in the name of Jesus.
1: I know that Horizon
0: International Ministries will never compromise in the name of Jesus. There are churches out there that you can, you can take to the bank. I'm telling you that they will never compromise. This. But there are churches out there that are operating in the spirit here, like Thyatira. And Jesus is saying... It's an abomination. You better get it right. You better self-correct. You better repent. Because if not, I'm coming and I'm gonna make correction to it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So moving right along, I know that we're 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 trying to pack this down. I don't really want to make this into two parts, so please bear with me tonight. Who is Jezebel? Who is Jezebel? Because if you read the scriptures here you you think well there was a woman by the name of Jezebel that Jesus is referring to. No this woman was actually operating in the spirit of Jezebel. Who's Jezebel? Who is Jezebel? If you recall from 1st and 2nd Kings in the Old Testament there was a king over Israel by the name of Ahab who agrees to an arranged marriage for political reasons. You can read that uh, on your own, I highly encourage you to read it so that you can better familiarize yourself with the story of Jezebel and Ahab and Elijah and, and and that entire story. So his wife's name was Jezebel. Jezebel was an evil. She was outright evil she was an evil manipulative woman who was involved in occult practices she served pagan gods she was sexually immoral she shed innocent blood by killing god's prophets she was downright evil she was operating in 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 evilness just satan absolutely evil and so it's it's believed that she was a priestess to Baal and upon her marriage to Ahab she brought the worship of Baal to Israel now Ahab was known to be a powerful king and although his reign was marked with much peace and prosperity he was unable to control his wife he was an Ahab that's why you you hear people say you know he or she's an Ahab that he, was in, he was unable to control his wife. In order to appease Jezebel, Ahab allowed a temple to be erected to Baal in the city of Samaria. Thus, the nation of Israel wavered between worshiping God and Baal. Compromised. They compromised. This is the same woman who taunted and threatened the prophet Elijah. You can read about it in 1st and 2nd Kings. He's the prophet of God. Jesus comes with a serious rebuke to the pastor of the church in Thyatira for allowing his wife to continue to teach compromise to the congregants. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? In essence, he was like an Ahab by allowing his wife free reign. Free reign. She was using his pulpit to bring a, a, a tremendous error to the church in Thyatira she took advantage of her role as the pastor's wife by teaching this grave error now let's not get it wrong it wasn't because she was a female teacher but because she was operating in the spirit of Jezebel and leading the church into sin and compromise. Let's not get it wrong, because I know that some people out there do not agree with women pastors, women teachers, women preachers, okay, women ministering, okay. It's not about that. Jesus was upset here at the fact that she was operating in the spirit of Jezebel and she was leading the church into sin and compromise. That's what Jesus was upset at and referring to. So contrary to what some some might believe, God is not against women teaching or preaching. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Because of her manipulation, she was causing some in the church to sin. Now listen. Listen. Here's a call for repentance. If you've allowed a spirit such as Jezebel or Ahab to operate in any area of your life. I'm reading this to you like the Holy Spirit gave it to me. Amen. How the Holy Spirit gave it to me when I wrote this. If you've allowed a spirit of such as Jezebel or Ahab to operate in any area of your life, now is the time to repent and get right with God. Amen. Maybe you've tolerated a Jezebel or perhaps you've been the Jezebel or the Ahab. There's time to repent. Do it now. Self-correct. Turn around. Think differently and ask God for repent and ask God to forgive you. Repent and ask God to forgive you. Do it now. In the name of Jesus, if you recall from our previous study of the church in Ephesus and Pergamum, the way of compromise diminishes the power of God in a believer's life and disconnects us from holiness and being set apart. I'm going to repeat that again. The way of compromise diminishes the power of God in a believer's life and disconnects us from holiness and being set apart. You cannot teeter-totter between uh, 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 praying to God and having having other forms of gods. Uh, You can't have um, a cross around your neck and a Buddha in your house. Hello, anybody out there. Can I get an amen? Can I at least get a hallelujah? Or can I at least get an ouch pastor? I, I hear that one. You can't, you can't hang around with the Bible under your, your belt or under your arm and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're walking around with those little um uh, little eyes. Uh I don't even know what they're called. Uh, those little eyes that that are for protection or whatever. That that is that is being on the fence. That's compromise. That's a way of compromise. You can't do that. You can't do that. That, that's, that's something that you have to change in your life. If you, if you have, um, I heard a story the other day about, uh, someone that, um, that had, a um, uh, one of those Buddha heads or, or something in their house. This person is a Christian. I mean, what is that? What is that? That you're compromising. You cannot call yourself a Christian, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and have those objects In your possession. Can I get an amen? When one compromises. God's standards are brought low. And we become powerless. I want you to listen. Very closely to what I'm saying. Because this is very serious. It's an open door to the enemy. How can you fight against the wiles of the evil one. When you're compromising. How can you be effective against the enemy. If in your own life. You're wavering when it comes to the word of God. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16 says in the NASB. It says, do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness or what harmony has Christ with Belial or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever or what agreement has the temple of God with idols. I will dwell in them and walk among them. And I will, I'm sorry, for we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. And I will be be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. He wants us to be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. In other words, do not participate with any any kind of uncleanliness. And I will welcome you. Verse 18 says, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty God. Hallelujah. Compromise is a very serious matter to God. It's a very serious matter to God. Maybe, Maybe you've brought some standards or values down. Uh, in your life due to maybe the progressive culture that we live in currently today all we hear is the the progressive culture progressing the progressive culture advancing and maybe maybe you have found yourself in in a in a in a way where you you know you're tolerating uh, certain things or certain uh, things that the culture is throwing out uh, at you and throwing out to our to our uh, nation and our world today. And perhaps you've brought your standards and your values of the Word of God lower. Uh, uh, we we live in a we live in a dark culture. We live in a, in a culture that there is, there's so much darkness in it, so much against God's word. And so when we lower our standards, we become powerless. How about the way you vote, brothers and sisters? Think about that. If, if, you, if you're voting against the principles of God, you're compromising I, I hate to tell you that this mo- this evening i hate to step on some toes but i tell you in a loving way you those of you that are uh, that are uh, a part of our church you know that i will step on your toes but i'll step on them in a loving way in other words i'll be kind of like jesus with, with the feet of bronze. I, I'm, I'm doing it in a very slowly, deliberate way. We have to come to a place of repentance. We have to examine ourselves, self-correct. And if there's anything that we're compromising in, if there's anything at all that we've, that we've tweaked to whatever we think, to whatever the standards of our culture is, to whatever other people might say, or whatever the case is, you know, we're compromising. And we've got to change that because God takes the matter seriously. We must exercise discernment, especially in the times that we're living in. If you do not have the discernment of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you right now, you'll be eaten up, you'll be chewed up, and you'll be spit right out by the enemy. And you won't know what hit you. But if you're grounded in God's word, if you know what God has to say on a matter, whatever that matter is, whether it is a political topic, or whether it's uh, X, Y, Z, whatever it is, examine it. Just like Pastor Ricky Jr. said a couple of weeks ago, we have to funnel it through the truth, which is the word of God. The word of God is truth. Nothing else out there is truth. There's no other truth but the Word of God. There's no other truth that we can funnel it through but God's specific Word. And if it doesn't, if you don't funnel it through that, you're going to be deceived. In Jesus' name, I'm, I'm declaring you won't be deceived. That you're going to be. That you're going to find uh, uh, discernment. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So the message is the same for each of us today. Individuals and churches who allow and tolerate doctrinal error will face judgment less. They repent. Hallelujah. When he warns his children, he also grants a time frame for repentance to take place. That's mercy. That's mercy. You see, people always talk about God being, oh, he's such a judgmental God, and he's such a mean God, and this and that. You, if you say that about God, you don't know God's heart. He's a merciful God. He's a loving God. He gives mercy and grace. He gives us time to repent. He gives us a a space to repent. In his infinite mercy and grace, Jesus always gives us time to repent. There is a window where his mercy allows the sinner time to change, to humble themselves before him and to repent of their ways. Once that window expires, people... Once that window expires, judgment is brought upon the one who refuses to take heed. So this pastor's wife was given time to repent and she refused to do so. That's what Jesus says in the word. She refused. An explanation here given by Dr. Renner on verse 22 uh, 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 says, To those in Thyatira who refuse to repent, Jesus said, I will listen to this. I want you to understand this part because it is difficult to uh, read and try to understand. But if you get a better understanding, and a deeper understanding into what it means, you'll understand it better. <laughs> a lot of understanding, right? It says, To those in Thyatira who refuse to repent, Jesus says, and I will kill her children with death, Revelations 2.23. Listen, the word children is the Greek word tekna, which means children or offspring, children or offspring. The implication here is that Jesus will kill what Jezebel has produced with her seducing doctrine, and he will kill it with death. Listen, essentially, Jesus was saying, I'm going to bring a decisive end to the rotten fruit this woman and her false doctrine have given birth to. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. Let me read uh, verse, verses 20 through 23 from the Message Translation. It says, but why do you let that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, mislead my dear servants into cross-denying, self-indulging religion? I gave her a chance to change her ways, but she has no intention of giving up a career in the the God, little, little G, in the God business. I'm about to lay her low, along with her partner's. As they play their sex and religion games. (laughs) Listen to this in the message translation. The bastard offspring of their idol whoring I'll kill. Those are some strong words. Then every church will know that appearances don't impress me. Appearances don't impress God. Big stuff does not impress God. Okay? Okay. I x-ray every motive and make sure you get what's coming to you. This is the message translation. Look it up yourself, verses twenty through twenty-three. Now I want to read to you as I try to go a little quicker here, so we can try to end this. But the Matthew Henry commentary says the following: the following here, and I want to read it so you can get a, a, a deeper, a deeper meaning here. The punishment of this seducer, this Jezebel, in which is couched a prediction of the fall of babylon i will cast her into a bed into a bed of pain not of pleasure into a bed of flames and and those who have sinned with her shall suffer with her but this may yet be prevented by their repentance in other words the repentance of the other one the the ones that jesus is is coming to uh to judge because He's giving an opportunity to, to those. He's already given the opportunity to the Jezebel that doesn't want to repent. He's given this opportunity to the other ones, to her offspring. And it says, I will kill her children with death. That is the second death, which does the work effectually and leaves no hope of future life. No resurrection for those that are killed by the second death, but only to shame and everlasting contempt. So, and quote on that one. But the second death mentioned here is what's referred to as the lake of fire. The expulsion of evildoers and unbelievers who refuse to repent when they face God's white throne room judgment, thereby separating them eternally from God. So that is what it refers to in verse twenty three and I will kill her children with death. You might think, well, this means that God's gonna kill her children. how terrible what you know why does God do that? No, what he's saying is her. Her children referring to those that have followed her teaching, those she has produced as the fruit of her labor. And he's talking about the second death, meaning the eternal separation. So see, we can get a little bit of a better grasp of what Jesus is saying there. Let's move ahead now. Look at verse 24. Verse 24 says, Now to you I say and to the rest, in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine—in other words, those those that are not practicing this doctrine, those that are not uh, accepting the qualifications or the expectations of the trade guilds, those of you that have kept that have kept yourself apart, that have separated yourselves—these are the ones that Jesus is talking talking to. He says, "You who have," uh, it says. You who have not known the depths of Satan. That's a good uh, a phrase there that we're going to get into in, in just a moment. Uh, as they say, I will put on, put on you no other burden. This is verse 24 that we just read. That was Jesus speaking. Now, Dr. Renner actually expounds on the phrase depths of Satan as the word depths, depth, is the Greek word bathos uh, or bathos, and it signifies something very deep. Jezebel and her accomplices claimed to be moving into new depths of spiritual insight, that they were on the cutting edge of new progressive thinking. This is this, I'm reading this as a quote. Okay, so don't shoot the messenger. It says that they were on the, they believed that they were on the cutting edge of new progressive thinking. But that was not the case. The depths of spirituality they were moving into was the depths of Satan. So you see, there's a lot of people with different thinking uh, out there. And and they don't realize that they they are getting into the depths of Satan. And they don't realize it. They don't realize it. It's this, they, they believe that they're in, into a new, they've got new spiritual insights, uh, new spirituality, uh, different things going on in, in their lives and, and, and different things that they can tap into and, and all this mumbo jumbo and all of this craziness out there. They don't realize that they're dabbling into the depths of Satan and they call themselves Christians. They call themselves Christians. So beware. Discernment is important. The discernment of the Holy Spirit. The word Satan, we covered this last week. The word Satan is the Greek word Satanás, and it describes an adversary who hates and conspires against someone. Hence, by using the phrase, the depths of Satan, Jesus was Satan. Satan himself has hatched. This conspiracy in the church in an attempt to take it down. And he has done it through the well-packaged, damnable doctrine of compromise. My goodness gracious. The well-packaged, damnable doctrine of compromise. That's his little package right there. That's That's what Satan's conspiracy is. To seep into churches. And, and, and package this really pretty thing and present it before the people of God, present it before the church so that compromise seeps in and takes place. Now, finally, we're going to read verses 25, 25 through 29 here from the New King James Version. And it says, but hold fast what you have until I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as also as I also have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. And he's describing himself the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the, church, of the Lord is saying to the churches. Now, very quickly here. Again, we see Jesus' promises to the overcomer. Are there any overcomers out there? Hallelujah. The promise to the overcomer uh, and the faithful ones who do not follow the doctrine of compromise. Anybody out there that do not follow the the, the doctrine of compromise and are overcomers victorious? Can I get an amen and a hallelujah right about now? Hallelujah. He who holds fast is the one who endures. Maintains firm, stands strong, is victorious, an overcomer, no matter what. Whatever challenges, persecutions, trials, hardships, uh, times of testing, hold fast. Look at your neighbor and say, hold fast. Don't give up. He's with you. His promises are true. He is faithful to the end. Glory to God. Hold fast until he comes. We have to occupy until he comes. Hold fast until the very end jesus promises the one who overcomes authority and rulership over the nations this is something that will be taking place in the millennium after the tribulation this is what he means by this once again jesus concludes the message with he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches and one last thing i want to point out to you tonight lastly is the plural in the word churches. Jesus is referring to all seven churches in Asia Minor. And he's referring to all the churches, even in our present age, now, this day, today, this hour, this age, this present time, our lives, right now. This message to Thyatira is a message for us, for you tonight, today. I pray to God that you have taken this to heart. I pray to God this is this message has been bathed in prayer, people. I'm telling you it's bathed in prayer and I pray in the name of Jesus that you have received it, that this word has fallen into good soil and it'll produce much fruit. I, I pray to God you've learned something new today. I pray to God that you take it and you you run with it. I pray to God that you go back to the scriptures, that you search them out yourself, that you search history yourself, that you search these these verses uh, 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 verse by verse, these words. Uh, just get in them and 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 learn the Greek meaning of them, and just just listen to this message again. Share it with your friends and your families. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is speaking to the church. Today, he wants us not to compromise. If there is a spirit of Jezebel operating in your life, whether it be someone that you know, maybe a family member, maybe whatever it is, or maybe you've operated in that spirit, or or Ahab, or you've compromised in whatever capacity, this is the time, this is the time, the space. Jesus is merciful to give you a time and a space to self-correct, to get it right with him, to repent, to humble yourself before the Almighty God and say, I'm sorry, God, I've operated in this. I, I'm sorry, God, I, I, I've i allowed this operation to take place in my life, or I'm sorry, Lord, for tolerating it. I'm sorry, Lord, for compromising. I'm sorry, Lord, because perhaps I've voted incorrectly before, perhaps I've uh, uh, accommodated your word to to uh be approving to me and not to you God forgive me can you can you really self check tonight and ask yourself God ask yourself God am I and ask the Lord am I pleasing to you God and if I have compromised if if I have, If I have done anything that has not pleased you, God, forgive me. If that's you this evening, say it right there where you're at. God, forgive me. I'll I'll say it right now. Lord, forgive me. God, forgive me. I want to make a turnaround. I want to turn around, Lord. I I repent before you right now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Perhaps you you've allowed um, uh, certain influences to come into your life. Perhaps, like I said a little while ago, perhaps you you consider yourself a Christian, but you've allowed uh, certain idols in your home, or 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 maybe maybe even I, I've talked to our church about this many a times. Maybe even uh, jewelry that you hang around with that uh, do not. Uh, portray holiness it 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 has occultic practices attached to them you're compromising ladies and gentlemen get rid of it throw it away don't give it to anybody else throw it away you don't need that nobody else needs that you know those are open doors to the enemy those are those are things that are wrapped in prettiness that the enemy will 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 uh, show in your face so that you can take it and say, "Oh, that's pretty. I'll wear it." And what what damage does it do? It it doesn't really matter. No, it matters. It's an open door. It's an open door. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I pray to God that that this message has blessed you as it blessed me. Uh, I'm telling you that as I've studied and as I've asked the Lord to uh, enlighten me and and just uh, give me the anointing for me to be able to share these these messages with you uh that it's it's just been such a blessing to me and i pray to god that it's been a blessing to you and i'd like to pray with you this evening and perhaps you're listening tonight and you say you know what pastor i i'm i'm not fully right with god i want to get right with god maybe you say i want to get right with god again uh you've accepted jesus as your lord and savior in the past And you want to, um, you know, accept him again and, and, and you want to get it right this time. And, and perhaps you're listening to this message and, you know, you've never asked Jesus as your Lord and your savior. You've never opened your heart to the master, uh, uh, to, to God almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the only one true God and his, his son, Jesus Christ, uh, I'm going to ask you this evening to pray with me. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me this evening? Say, God, Lord God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I repent of my ways. I open up my heart to you this evening, and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I accept Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I confess that he is the Son of God, that he came to this earth and he died on a cruel cross and he rose again on the third day and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again very, very soon. Would you just repeat these words with me? I receive you, Lord. I receive you as my Savior. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, say these words, Holy Spirit teach me God's word. Teach me how to love. Teach me to see with the eyes of Jesus. Teach me his word in a profound way that I will have discernment, God's discernment, in these troublesome times that we live in. I accept you tonight. And I thank you for being my master and my savior. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. If you re- repeated that those words, if you said that prayer with me tonight uh, for the first time, or maybe you've you've said it for the second time or whatever. If it's been numerous times, you've come back to the Lord. Let me tell you, angels in heaven, the saints in heaven are rejoicing. They're having a party because you just received the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. I'm here to tell you right now, Jesus is coming soon. There's going to come a rapture, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you that haven't seen that message, I encourage you, go back to our archives, YouTube and Facebook, our website, get that message on the rapture. Jesus is coming soon. And when we repent, when we ask him to be our Lord and our Savior, and we live right before God, separated from the things of the world, set apart like he called us to in holiness, And in righteousness, I'm telling you, when that time comes of the catching away of the saints, you're going to be caught together with him. And we shall be with him forever and ever and ever. Amen to eternity. Wow. Anyway, God bless you. Pastor and I love you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Be sure to share this message with your friends and your family. And we'll be together again on Sunday. Don't miss it. We've got church open at 10 a.m. And we'll be live streaming at about 1045 in the morning, 1045 in the morning on Sundays. And don't forget, ladies, uh, ladies group tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at our church. Wear your mask, social distancing. It's going to be safe. Don't worry. Uh, tonight, tomorrow night, Thursday is our women's group at church, 81 Hook Square, City of Miami Springs, Florida, 7 p.m. Don't miss it. And again, next uh, Wednesday we're going to be going through another church. It'll be it'll be Sardis. We're going to go through the message to the church in Sardis. I pray a blessing, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. May you go in peace tonight. May you rest peacefully tonight. Wake up refreshed in the morning and ready to receive and ready to give God what is due him. We love you and we bless you in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. God bless you. Good night. Good night, everybody.